Hi! Hi! Welcome to another film, film critters! Processes. Processes. <laughs> we both have we both have a lot of uh, a lot of, of a lot of phlegm today. We're both very phlegmy because of the weather changes in Seattle. Uh but that's not why we're here to talk to you. That's not what we're here to talk to you about. Yeah, no, we were we were snowed in. Yeah, Call, the NSA is looking for us because we were snowed in. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! And um, so we we watched some more movies, and the movies we watched, yeah, were uh, Willie's Wonderland. Yeah, Five Nights at Willie's at Nick Cage's. Uh, and we also watched another movie, which is maybe going to be in this episode. Maybe it's going to be its own separate episode. You'll you'll see. You can, you, you can look at what's on your screen right now, and you can tell us. Yeah, <laughs> if you're even hearing this right now. This right whoa, now. holy shit, bro. Um, but yeah, so we uh we went down to the old video on delivery service. <laughs> <laughs> uh down to the cinematech of the is in in the internet we went we went to is, is this in Redbox? this movie feels like it should be in Redbox. willie's wonderland Redbox. It, it, you know what it is <laughs> we went down to the old red blocks red box and we rented out willie's wonderland yeah head on down to your local red box and uh and pick it up um yeah, uh, I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna come right out with it. You guys might not. You guys might be a little surprised to hear this. Um, it's kind of not good. It's, it's kind of not a good movie. And it's like, I kind of went in expecting or hoping. <laughs> yeah. For uh, because uh, we have Psycho Gorman came out recently, and I was like, maybe it'll be like that. You know, like fun. And self-aware, but not in the <laughs> annoying way. Yeah. But it was... Yeah, it seemed it, like it would be... It seemed like it would be kind of, um... I don't know, like, having 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 fun with it, you know? Yeah. But it was self-aware in the bad way. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not having fun with itself. So let's... Uh, I mean, okay. It's the premise of the film. You can watch the trailer, but it, it literally is just Five Nights at Freddy's, but with Nicolas yeah. Cage. Yeah. So... With Nicolas uh, Cage doing, like, the guy from Drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just... Uh, it, 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 yeah, it's really kind of unfocused, uninspired. Uh, he... Nicolas Cage largely does not talk for... Well, no, he doesn't talk at all yeah. for the movie. No, he's he's he is um a stoic character and so he doesn't speak and then the film kind of like contrives itself around that. Yeah. <laughs> like people don't ever really seem to like they notice that he doesn't talk, but they never seem to comment on the fact that he doesn't talk. Like they don't seem concerned about it. It's very weird <laughs> that nobody seems to notice that he just doesn't have any lines. <laughs> maybe it cost right. too much if he had to if, maybe if he spoke his, his they had to pay him more and so they just did that instead that's that's kind of what i was wondering if he's if he's like a pay by the word actor you know what i mean <laughs> uh, just i don't know like that that is kind of like a microcosm of the mischances of of this movie uh and i don't know 
it, like not having him not having him kind of go f- like completely fully overboard uh it, it's it's just such a missed chance it's just such a missed opportunity i don't know right like it's cuz like the trailer very much so made it seem like this was going to be like 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 Nick Cage's new typecast thing is like Mandy like like people yeah. are like cool you get Nick Cage in he goes crazy he's he's a goofball he gets covered in blood he's really intense and in his feelings yeah. and so that's what the yeah, trailer made it feel like it was gonna be but it was like like I said like it's like Mandy but then like they want him to be cool in the way the Drive guy is cool. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like he he's he's this he's poses this sort of um uh, like this this like ah uh, this really uh he's such like a badass and he's like chuck norris you know he's like the chuck norris of five night freddy uh of fuck nut frederick yeah uh but yeah i don't know it just makes it so much more boring the, the film feels like it's just a huge experiment to see if they can sell the shirts and Funko Pops. <laughs> like this feels yeah, like a Funko true. Pop movie. <laughs> well, like it's definitely a like they couldn't get the rights to Freddy situation. Um they were probably I'm I'm guessing they were trying to. Uh the the Wikipedia has some sort of thing about how like, oh this is based on a uh you know a, a short story that was written in twenty sixteen or something like that. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah, let me... It, 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 in 2016? That's weird, because Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> came out in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's about when... Um... Oh, no, no, no. Short short film, Wally's Wonderland in, from 2016. Oh. Uh, <laughs> which... I, you know, that was, that was Freddy Fever. But the, the things that they come up with, like, okay, the animatronics in Willy's Wonderland were just like really boring. <laughs> yeah, finding out that it was based on a short film makes so much sense because this yeah. feels like if you've ever watched Hulu's short horror films they're yeah. they're not great, but they're like 5 minutes long. And this feels <laughs> like you took that and stretched it into a 90-minute film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. It it felt it didn't feel out of place on like a kind of, you know, like a hidden list on Shutter somewhere or something like that. It it's also let me just say very funny to see the the the, the posters uh tagline being 2020 isn't over yet kids and then the release date February 12, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? I wonder if that was uh, uh I wonder if that was like tongue-in-cheek like oh yeah no scheduled for theatrical release october 30 2020 yeah it was supposed to be a late 2020 uh oops. release and then <laughs> uh, oops uh, oopsie uh, i think it's like the reason it feels okay the, my big problem with it is that the film feels so much like not just like that it's cashing in on freddy fever but that it's just mm-hmm. cashing in on like nerd guy who shows you a really cool movie uh that like he's like oh man like check out this like cult film i found like this oh like you've never seen 
um, yeah. fucking twisted tunes. Like you've never seen like the Puppet Master. Like you've never seen the Banana Splits movie where they take an old intellectual property and they make it fucked up. Like it, it feels like it's aiming to be at those guys, including <laughs> the casting of Nicolas Cage. But it's like such a soulless version of like why pe- why those dudes love that movie. And like I'm sure those dudes still love this movie because they're very usually easy to please <laughs> it's kind of concept yeah. driven but it yeah. just feels so soulless it feels such a such a bad execution on the ideas uh, yeah i mean it, it almost it almost feels kind of like this sort of um i don't know ki- kind of a cynical sort of aggregated like oh if we do a movie with these like tags in it like oh nicholas cage oh it's like five nights at freddy's oh silent you know silent protagonist uh slasher movie with horny teens horny teens who who have that stranger things style of writing i fucking hate where they like all hate each other but are friends and have no reason to be hanging out Yeah, yeah, for real. Have some fun with it, please. Don't just like it. You know, it, it. It just feels like they were clocking in. They like, oh, gotta gotta go to the uh, go to the content factory. Gotta make some content. I, I I watched this film with my with friend of the pod, Lonnie, and they had a great point to make about it too. Where they were like, I want to. They were just like, I want to see the movie that takes place in the flashbacks. Like, a much more interesting film would be the thing that they spend, like, two minutes on, where it's like, yeah, uh, there was an old, like, kids arcade kind of thing that had these animatronics, uh, and it was being run by a satanic cult of cannibals, uh... So we killed, so we went to go kill them, and they killed themselves in a ritual sacrifice, and it made the animatronics come alive, and they hunted people at night. So we have to ritualistically sacrifice someone to them every year so that they don't uh, kill the children in our town. Like, that is a much more interesting film than what we got. <laughs> like, just tell that entire story. Or set it being like, like, oh, here's here's the story of how the animatronics were hunting people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that that at the core of the film is almost it's like almost the only thing I like about it. Um and yeah, like you said, like if if they if they had kind of uh, capitalized on that a little bit better, I feel like that kind of would have separated it from Although, I don't know, is there a subtext of that in Five Nights at Freddy's? Is that like a thing? I mean, in in the games, I don't even remember. You could definitely make a joke or you could like make a comparison of like that being a theme with regards to the idea of like ritualistic sacrifice as like in in this in this movie sense of like as a way to keep small businesses intact in like off-road attractions because like that's the only thing that brings in money to the town and right. five nights at freddy's whole bit of like you get paid less than minimum wage <laughs> for a job where yeah. you have to avoid being killed literally every night that you do it like the Five Nights God. at Freddy's games definitely have a sort of like tongue in cheek joke about like exploitative service work uh, and like graveyard shifts being like horribly delirious on the human body while chart while paying you fucking garbage wages. Yeah, I think I think that would have been like a really cool kind of road for the movie uh, for Willy's Wonderland to go down for the official Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, for Willy's Wonderland to go down. I mean, it does its own kind of separate little thing where it, it 
seems to be more kind of about uh or rather like in in like the images and what the what the what it's you know i guess trying to put forward is like kind of about how those predatory jobs like you kind of eke out your own sort of enjoyment from you know like when you're when you're the closer and that your boss isn't there and you're alone and you can fuck around uh that was that was a touch that I almost liked, although the pinball shit got pretty gratuitous and annoying after a certain point. Um, but uh, that being the case, I, I I feel like if they if they had um, I don't know, kind of a firmer grasp on, on on like themes and like that those types of like images and that th- those ideas, uh, I would have been more interested and I would have paid so much more attention. Yeah, God, there's. Uh... I think to me the real tell of like the cynicism of this film is that it is a movie about killer shitty roadside animatronics. Yeah. And they are mostly bad CGI and people in like costume heads. Like one of them is just like a sexy lady. <laughs> That's very clearly like just a woman wearing a head for most of the scenes. Uh, like yeah. you have you you literally like have every right to just do shitty costumes and shitty animatronics that don't move right and like look bad and fake because that's what they are. Uh-huh. And you still made them computers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the thing. That, okay, kind of a side note about that costume. Didn't that bitch look just like the main character in Inside Out? Yes. She, like I could not stop thinking about Inside Out yeah. whenever she was on the screen. Yeah. God, what was her? What was her fucking name? Uh, Happiness or whatever. No, not Joy. Not the not the one from Inside Out. The uh, the one. Oh, in the oh, movie. oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because she Siren oh, Sarah. Siren Sarah. Yeah, look at this bitch. Siren Sarah. Oh, she has a villain's wiki <laughs> article. Uh yeah, no, she just looks like the inside out bitch. Um Ugh. I don't I don't like uh her being horny and having Adobe After Effects mouth uh on. Uh I do like the bit where it's her and the racist one in the hallway and the kids just pushes past them. It's trying to capture on things that are popular of people who like cult films. It is is yeah. just what it feels like from beginning to end. And I I kind of also think that like there's a good chance there's kind of a good chance to do a sort of um study of like genre and like how to worship a genre that you're working in. Um Jay, did you ever end up seeing Psycho Gorman? Yes. Did you see did oh, you see yeah. it? I saw it. Um I, I don't know how much like we can squeeze in like a quick segment um in here to because I I, I did want to just kind of compare and contrast the movies because I think that Psycho Gorman um as much as like you know I didn't I didn't like completely adore the film or whatever uh but I I thought it was really cute and I thought it really like had a lot of love for like the Power Rangers like enemy yeah designs and costumes and stuff from that kind of era yeah no like the um, the thing about this that ended up like like the thing about Psycho Gorman it, it nailed is that because it was doing like a riff on like uh like power rangers and like 90s kids media stuff um 
it it knew that like okay therefore like all of these characters should be in like big funny costumes that are clearly a person in a rubber suit because that is yeah. what enemies in these shows look like so it's fine if it doesn't look convincing because it's a riff on things that didn't look convincing and and this movie is a riff on things that didn't look convincing but it tries to make them look convincing which makes them more unconvincing the level of detail there's like a lot to be desired like like you were saying like the, the some of the designs for the um costumes were really whack uh a lot of the i mean just a lot of the concepts behind i the some of the animatronics and just uh yeah like i i hated the like chameleon one as well terrible because it's like one i couldn't so okay it not looking like a lizard that could have been fine that's like fine for animatronics but then they add on top of that like this weird color effect where it's like skin keeps changing colors and they like mention it because it's a chameleon and it's like animatronics don't do that yeah. <laughs> like that like yeah. the effect looks bad. I didn't I couldn't tell that that's what the effect was supposed to be until they said it. It looks like shit. It doesn't add to the like effect of it. It doesn't make it creepier. It just looks like you spent money to make your thing look worse than it already does. Yeah, yeah, for real. And like the thing kind of part of the issue that I have with some of the design and everything like that is um that they just don't look like real animatronics. They look like someone being like, oh, what if an animatronic looked like fucked up out of the box? Yeah. You know, or like, you know, what if it, I don't know, what what kind of crazy ideas can we come up with for, for what our animatronics should look like? But I've never seen, <laughs> even even like without blood stains and without decay or whatever, like I... I've never seen an animatronic band that, you know, looks like this. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of kind of sweating hairs over, over some of the design choices here. But I, I just really thought it felt I, I really thought it fell short in those departments. Oh, no, absolutely. And I think that's like a fair thing to criticize about it, too, is because it's like it's not even really like splitting hairs. It's like like this is these are like failures in designing your enemies for a film that is supposed to be riffing on a specific like aesthetic. Yeah, like w- like yeah, yeah, yeah. Willie himself like is kind of off, but I can see how like if it was a super amateur animatronic, why it would look like that. Um, the gator and gorilla looked okay, but then when the the gorilla was in motion, it looked like wrong. Still, yeah, that was so that was so bizarre. The ostrich was not good. Uh, the ostrich <laughs> was like a peak example of them being like, we're going to like have this like weird, overly complicated animation, which is not what an animatronic looks like and is not why animatronics are creepy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And then there's the chameleon and the siren who were just fucking atrocious. And then the, the racist one, which I don't even remember what he fucking looks like. Tito's turtle. OK, so I keep finding... I, I keep Google image searching uh, aspects of Willy's Wonderland, um, and it turns out that a lot of a lot of people on, let's say for example, DeviantArt. I was to say, are you or, also seeing all the weird DeviantArt fan art of these characters? Yeah, there's like a bunch of fan art that's like by like teenagers. I have to assume uh, 
of Willy's Wonderland. Hold on, let me search Willy's Wonderland on DeviantArt and see just how popular. Let me, uh, um, I do want to show you this one, which is titled yeah. The Scrapped Willy's Wonderland Characters. I'm assuming these are fan characters. Um, but that, like, literally all of them have better designs than the actual characters in the movie. I mean, I guess, I, I guess it makes sense that, like, the sort of specific sort of, like, fandom around Five Nights at Freddy's would, uh, extend to kind of obsessing over this movie. It seems like a lot of the fan art has petered out now that the movie is out. <laughs> uh, which I think is funny. That's extremely <laughs> funny, yeah. Um... Oh, someone drew porn, I guess. Oh, alrighty. Of of of, of the animatronics. That's I mean, I guess right. that's because that's, that's an inevitability. Of the fucking chameleon one too. The like, ugliest on. one? Jesus. Yeah, the chameleon and the um and siren Sarah. Oh, that makes sense. I forgot that straight people will like straight men with like who have like DeviantArt accounts will just draw like fucking anything. I mean, I guess, like, gay men will do the same thing, too, but I feel like I see just the most hideous characters possible get that a lot less. Yeah. Well, yeah, the person also, it's one of those things where they've, like, drawn the image um, in in stunning detail and accuracy, and then they've drew, like, a funny little rage face to put over the image, um... And they wrote the word poggers. Oh. Uh, so it's kind of them being like, haha, I'm just joking. I don't want to see the girls fuck. Um, I, my, that is absolutely not. I have absolutely not shared my uh, innermost desires through an ironic. Ironic. Oh, man. My, my boyfriend showed me this like porn artist who draws porn of like the Wojaks. That's really funny. And they're like, they do that same thing where they're like, no, 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 it's like ironic distance, but it's like way too detailed. And it's like, no, you've sexually imprinted on the Wojaks and you just like don't want to admit it. <laughs> that's that's uh, what this movie feels like. This movie feels like it's in the same genre <laughs> as like ironic air quotes porn that is like very clearly not ironic, but because it's trapped between those, it's neither good irony nor good porn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of caught in between. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really want to be real, but then it kind of does. Um, you know, it wants to just be like, oh, this is like a, a fun like style genre parody, and like we're we're using these cultural images. Oh, really cute drawing of Freddy and Foxy. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it it's it's just a little bit too. I don't know. It needs to take itself more seriously and less seriously, which is a problem that many films have. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, what would you... <laughs> if we're, I guess, ready to, to move on to our, our rating scheme, what would you rather have spent your uh, streaming bucks on? God. Um, <laughs> probably like a Steam Pack sale of like all of the, the Five Nights at Freddy's games. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played them and they look kind of interesting. They're they're basically jump scare Pac-Man. Like it's it's that <laughs> same sort of basic mechanic of like every enemy has its own his own like approach path and you just have to you have to learn the systems and then you can figure out how to how to master them and get through them. Yeah. Yeah, I 
like I I like the idea of Five Nights at Freddy's. I I think the original game has like some good mechanics and stuff. Um, I haven't really paid kept close attention since the first one. Uh, they, there are probably too many. There's there's there are a shocking ones. number of them. I will say that right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I would rather have spent my money on Five Nights at Freddy's fan art. Oh, uh, like a commission of like a commission uh, of me hanging out with my friends, uh, Foxy the Fox and uh, Chica Cream the Rabbit. <laughs> Or whatever. There's cream the rabbit. It's it's, it's Bonnie. Okay, so the original ones are Bonnie the rabbit, yeah, Chica the chicken. Uh-huh. She's the girl, and she has the little the little bib on that says "Let's eat." Um, Foxy the fox, Freddy, Gold Freddy, and um, I think that's all of them. Bonnie, yeah, Bonnie Bunny, Chica Chicken, Foxy Fox, Foxy yeah. the pirate. And and yeah, yeah. That's that's basically all of them. And then there's more. They had Balloon Boy in the second one. <laughs> that's I I swear to God, the character's name is Balloon Boy. <laughs> you can't just call someone Balloon. <laughs> you can't boy. just call him Balloon Boy. People are gonna think you're talking about the other Balloon Boy, the more famous <laughs> Balloon Boy. Oh my god, every time someone retweets that fucking post again, it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. It literally just gets funnier. (laughs) Oh my god, a boy is floating away right now. Go outside, outside look look to the the sky. Look into the sky and see if we can find Balloon Boy. Yeah, so the next next film we watched is a a bit of a change of pace. Yeah. Um, In that, it's... I don't want to say it's good. That feels really subjective. Uh, <laughs> it's better than this movie was. It's it's better. It's better yeah. than Willy's Wonderland. That's yeah, objective. Yeah. <laughs> Objectively, absolutely better. Um, yeah, we checked out Saint Maud. I ended up really, really, really liking Saint Maud a lot. Yeah, no, uh, look, for a debut film, especially like it's it's yeah. it's pretty tightly like it is a pretty tightly constructed film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing that kind of stood out to me at first was, uh, and, and this is something that I was kind of having like a conversation with my roommate about, which is that like, it kind of feels like, um, you know, it, 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 it has the same sort of attitude as like seventies kind of interpersonal thrillers and, and like, you know, uh, kind of psychological warfare types of movies. Uh, but it does a little bit have this kind of like really modern, like shot construction and framing, uh, but in a, in a way that like weirdly kind of works because um the main actress who I do want to like give a fucking enormous uh shout out to uh Morphid Clark. Um I god I hope that's Morphid. I hope that's uh pronounced correctly. Uh but either way, um not only does she do an incredible performance as this sort of uh, like unraveling main character who's kind of like has this weird and like very kind of refracted and distant relationship to her own desire, but like she also is shot in these like really stark ways where like they'll place the lighting in like just the weirdest places like under her chin or just like behind her or just like at, at, like crazy angles and then they'll also uh place the camera at like some crazy angle and it just makes her look 
like she's never slept in her life and she's just like losing her mind. Uh, and yeah, I, I was just uh, like, I, I thought that like, it's, it's kind of the visual style is not something I usually go for, but I think it kind of actually worked super like in service of what the movie was trying to do. Yeah, because I, I think the reason why it works, especially here, uh, is because it's like, this is basically a film where it's not so much that there's like an unreliable narrator, because like there is, but it's that yeah. it's like, it is a film where it has enough cues to tell and communicate to you, the audience, that essentially what you are seeing are delusions. Uh, but it also yeah, yeah. puts you in the subjective experience of like, okay, but you are going to empathize with the main character of this film. And so you are going to be subject to the same delusions she is. Yeah. So even if and you which... don't follow her logic, you are going to see and experience things the exact same way she is seeing and experiencing them. And the way the film is filmed makes it very explicitly clear that like that is what is going on and that it I think it works because it makes it feel just as intrusive on you the audience as it probably feels on Maud the character to have these things intruding on her yeah absolutely and in fairness I will say that the movie kind of um it asks more and more of you as the uh runtime goes on where like uh, her her hallucinations get kind of more and more pronounced. There's the there's this imagery of her with like these glowing angel wings. Um, there's obviously like the very very end, uh, which you know is is kind of this like interplay between these images of her like you know self immolating and she's like uh, she she rises into heaven. She, she is she's literally transformed into a saint whom all fall before and is like overwhelmed with the ecstasy and beauty yeah. of God's love. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um and then there's and then there's of course this like half second shot of her like screaming in agony, uh, you know, engulfed in flames. Yeah, just on fire. Um which like that that actually uh, you go on and finish your fire. We'll return to that. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, up until those points, I feel like the movie threads the needle nicely uh, so that, like, once you get there, like, once you get to the situation where, like, she's hallucinating that um, Amanda, who she's uh, doing, who she's, like, doing caregiver stuff for, uh, is, like, possessed or whatever, um, the movie has kind of strung you along in, like, very, very specific, particular ways uh, with her hallucinations and her, her like things that she imagines about the world and such yeah no and like so like i i'm very torn on that that last second shot yeah because on one hand i do appreciate that the film kind of moves against the usual impulse in these kind of films to either over explain that it's all in the character's head or leave it ambiguous in a way that can be like really unsatisfying where they're like, was, was she just imagining this or is it, is this actually what's happening? You like you, the viewer will have to guess yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like, you know, it's very successful and it's really powerful and impactful for doing that. And I feel like it, like it, it works at doing what it does. I don't know how I feel about it. Cause it, really just feels mean-spirited <laughs> like that's my only critique of it is that it's like it really feels like just kind of like 
the film gives you enough to make it clear that when you are seeing her in this ecstatic moment, it is that you, the audience, know that that is not what is happening. Like, you know what is actually happening in this scene. And that alone is like creates like a horrifying tension. And so then showing it really just kind of feels like just like rubbing your nose in it. And to an extent that sort of makes it more effective because it's like it kind of catches you in that moment wanting to buy into the delusions in the same way she wants to buy into them. You know, like you want her to be happy and satisfied and fulfilled. And so it kind of snatches it away from you at the last moment to be like, you are acting like her. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't save her by choosing to just believe in something that you know isn't true. Like you have to deal with what's actually happening. Yeah. But man, is it mean. <laughs> but man, does it just make you like, oh man. But I let me be delusional. <laughs> let me buy uh, into the middle. Let me buy into it. The fiction that I've created for myself is so comfy. What a perfect, like perfect, just like interplay of like the what you were seeing on screen and the effects that it has on the audience and like what a what a like brilliant film in that like what a, what a film that understands how to use the medium to its to its fullest extent. To tell basically a, a just a story about uh, a bi girl in denial who gives into religious delusions uh, yeah. in response to trauma. Yeah. And that's kind of the other, like, I, I kind of actually did not expect this movie to be quite as gay as it was. Uh, somehow, uh, from, from the trailers, I kind of, like, missed that um, kind of subtext, I guess. But it, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much about her... Um, I mean, like, there, there's this kind of top layer of just, like, oh, I need to save somebody's soul, I need to provide care, I need to, you know, this is, like, a mission from God, like, all of this stuff. Uh, but then, like, the sort of, um, you know, the everything that kind of lies under the surface there of, like, this is part of a kind of, like, network of delusions about desire and, and like, how to, how, how the character kind of communicates her desire and, like, the, the kind of things that she invents for herself and yada 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 um and that stuff kind of uh there there's this amazing through line in the movie where um uh, Amanda who's like an atheist she's like uh Maud kind of goes through this like sort of orgasmic seeming like uh you know communication from god that she like experiences to kind of throughout the film uh, and she wants really badly for, like, Amanda to feel it, too, and Amanda claims to be feeling the same thing, but then later on there's this, like, whole thing where, like, oh, Maude drove away the the woman that I was fucking, and she was trying going behind my back doing all this stuff, and I'm gonna embarrass her in front of this party, and also I was lying about that experience, um, and... The way that kind of like spins out her like mental deterioration is like I don't know it's 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 a really really strong through line yeah sure. oh man the 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 way in which like it kind of reflects that like she herself like Amanda her was her name right uh yeah yeah Amanda yeah like like her she almost reflects Maud's desire in the same way, but less delusional because she's older and more satisfied in her like life where she yeah. also has this idea of like, you know what? I'll go along with this for Maud's sake because like, you know, maybe I can like teach her to unwind, you know, maybe I got to push her and break her and get her out of her shell. And the difference between Maud and Amanda then becomes 
comes to be shown as like the second Amanda is made aware. Oh, there is no like I I am not going to be the person to save this person. She cuts ties. Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. Like, I actually cannot be responsible for you dealing with whatever you're dealing with. That is not the dynamic that we have. That is not a relationship that is appropriate for us to have. I am I am cutting ties. I was willing to work within it, but like you are crossing a line of my boundaries. And Maud's response to that is like to just double down hard on self-destruction and then double down harder on her delusions. Another thing I I, I also like. This is like a personal interpretation. I also kind of wonder if the physical symptoms she keeps feeling is supposed to sort of suggest um, a, another layer to it. Where it's because like, so so Maude is like a, a hospice. Like she's like a trained nurse, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she is shown having these like physical symptoms of agony and ecstasy, which to me suggests that she might have like some sort of medical complication like possibly even an infection because like we see that like she's like has wounds that she's allowing to fester yeah and so part of me wonders is like oh is there even like a sort of another meta commentary to there where it's like she's so obsessed with saving other people and like trying to resolve others as a way to save herself that she's even trying to apply her nursing skills to other people rather than recognizing like her own symptoms of illness that she needs to take care of, which is causing psychosis as like a side effect because like certain illnesses can like basically fuck your brain up and like give you psychosis as a response. Yeah. I mean like there's this whole um, kind of implication that she has PTSD from, I guess, uh, you know, failing to save somebody's life uh, before, you know, in spite of CPR or whatever. It, it does also seem to suggest, given the one scene when she hooks up with the man, that it's not only that she failed to save that person, but that she might have accidentally, like, killed them in the process. That, like, she might have yeah. been she might have been doing CPR too roughly and, like, cracked their ribs or something and, like, that that's what caused them to die. Because when the other nurse runs into oh, her, God. the implication is that, like, Oh, you're still practicing. And so it's like, it's very much so suggested that it was not just a case of like a patient died under your care. It was a like a patient died as a direct like response, as like a direct effect of like something that you did. That entire sequence when she gives up on religion for a bit and like devolves into just broken attempts at trying to like very, very quickly fix herself via throwing herself into like the deepest, farthest end of like previous bad behavior that she used to have. Yeah. Uh so very real. <laughs> per- <laughs> perfectly performed, perfectly filmed, absolutely captures exactly how horrifying and alienating that is. Yeah. I mean it kind of uh, yeah, it, it kind of paints like a portrait of um I, I, like it's a, like a very extreme uh you know, sort of uh depiction of like this kind of like pendulum swinging thing of just like oh i need to help other people oh i need to self-care and like do things for myself oh i've gone too crazy i'm like off the deep end on on this end so i need to scale back like it it does a good job of kind of um kind of portraying the like difficulties and pitfalls of 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 kind of threading that needle uh while also just focusing on really like interesting and like uh, you know, like layered characters. Yeah. 
what a film that I like immediately. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to show this to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 really it's really exciting and it's really good. Um, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Really, actually. I I honestly went in expecting it to be okay or bad. <laughs> like, yeah, like straight yeah, up, I, I, mean, I I expected it to be like the the worst kind of elevated A twenty four horror, uh, and the film's a lot better than an elevated horror film. <laughs> is is the best way yeah. to put it. I mean, it's not really even trying to like it. it it's kind of sort of portrays itself as that like a little bit, but it then then it's like way less about the horror. Like you know, like every movie that I like that's in in these sort of wheelhouses, it's like a lot more about the personal drama. Yeah, uh, of of folks. It it really is uh, first reformed for girls. <laughs> uh like like it's the exact same sort of like character who like retreats into like religion and like a sense of higher duty and calling as a way to cope with like their own personal baggage and and even right down to having somewhat similar endings though like you would have to see first reform to know what i'm talking about because it is distinct in a very specific way but it's that yeah. it's a very similar sort of ending of like the the highest accomplishment of your martyr complex basically <laughs> yeah absolutely it's it's a huge martyr complex movie for sure um yeah a24 is like very very hit and miss i actually just kind of uh hopped over to their wikipedia page uh apparently well i i, I just was reminded that they acquired the rights to husband hotel or at so, least they're, they're, congratulations. <laughs> congrats to A24. I'm really excited to see your Hasbin Hotel, the the your I, the your produced Hasbin Hotel TV show. Fantastic. Can't wait. A- A24. The funniest thing in the world to me is that A24 not only is getting into television production, but that they that they announced that vi well, I guess they've been in it for a while apparently. Um, but like nothing yeah. I've heard of. Yeah, no, they they've made. Uh, I guess Euphoria, uh, Pod Save America, America. Yeah. Euphoria, yeah, Euphoria is pretty pretty big deal. But Euphoria is from that's 2019. That's pretty recent. So I, I don't know to be dipping into um, Husband Hotel. It's very funny. Very funny very that funny. that's how I found out <laughs> that A24 does television. Yeah, yeah, same here. I did like the reveal. That isn't underlined super heavily that she also changed her name at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, assumedly yeah. to give herself and it's like kind of left unopened, like unexplained why, like if she changed her name in order to like continue practicing or if she just changed her name because like her actual name is like Katie or something like her name sounds very normie. And so it's obvious that like, oh, she picked a name that sounds more like Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> like she literally picked yeah. a name that sounds more Catholic. Yeah, God. Um, yeah, I noticed that that she has she like changes her whole like sense of self around around these like beliefs and like ways of ways of being and stuff. It's really fascinating to see a film that finally tackles the issue of uh, tradcath trans Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dear Jesus, I mean, yeah. Because there's there's um, there's also the line at the end of the scene the rape the the scene with the guy who ends up raping her, where he mentions that like before she became mod, she was like uh she was like a a like alcoholic uh like promiscuous woman. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, they, it's, they it's up... sort of implied that, like, she abandoned the Katie identity in part because of PTSD over the patient, but also in part because of, like, probably past trauma from just, like, probably doing a lot of, like, very self-harmy behavior. She has, like, self-harm scars in one scene that, like, you can kind of only, like, briefly glimpse. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. God, yeah. There's a lot to this character. I mean, like, it's, you know, I... I like a movie that is, um, you know, very interested in its characters. You can tell that there was like a lot of thought and a lot of kind of background. Um, I mean, certainly plenty of like set design uh, choices kind of between between like mods, like tiny little dingy, horrible apartment and uh, Amanda's like beautiful place and like all of her all of her stuff. Um I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very it's very well thought out. And I also I also really liked the uh, subplot about the like house girl who's like fucking Amanda that like Maud is super jealous of and has this like confrontation with where she's like, oh, her soul. This is about her soul and her getting into heaven and God and all this stuff. Um, And like. It just it just kind of gets flipped around on her and and uh the and and the other girl ends up becoming like the caregiver or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. Yeah, just a lot of a lot of really good a lot of really good shit here. I I feel like too like a, a big part of it is also because it's like Amanda kind of calls her on her bluff where it's like it's not even just in like the bisexual subtext of like oh is Maud jealous of this because she wants to be with her but it's very clear that like because like you you mentioning the contrast between her apartment and amanda's like beautiful gorgeous house is that it's yeah. is that there's also a jealousy of like mod wants to be amanda or be with a person like amanda because she wants to be like loved and indulged and taken care of in these ways that she won't actually allow herself to be yeah, and Amanda kind of calls her on like Amanda calls her on that where it's like you are trying to love someone as a as a as a as a way to get around loving yourself, <laughs> and that like yeah. you need to like not even just like you need to be gay, girl, but like you need to like be gay for yourself, girl. <laughs> <laughs> gay comes from within. You have to you you have to really want to yeah. The homo yeah. starts. With the solo. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you have to be self-sexual. Before you can be self-anything. Uh, real quick, complete sidebar, by the way. Uh, I was trying to figure out where Maud looked familiar. Uh, and she is Beth Keller, the main girl in Crawl. Or not the main girl. She is... Um, uh, oh, wait. Yeah, that is the main girl. She's the main girl in a uh, in Crawl. Oh, or yeah, the, yeah, the main the... girl in Crawl's sister, rather. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But who's also in the film pretty well? Because I was like, I definitely have seen her before, but I couldn't place it. Um, but also sidebar, completely funny thing. She's also in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, the movie. Yeah, I saw that. That's great. <laughs> oh shit! Apparently, she's gonna be Galadriel in the fucking Lord of the Rings TV series. I'm fucking pumped. Oh, that's dude. sick. She's in His Dark Materials. This bitch loves fantasy. (laughs) This bitch loves a period piece. (laughs) God bless her. Um, 
yeah, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic actress. Wonderful, wonderful performances all around. A really good, um, really great entry in the House of Psychotic Woman uh, genre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the thing that's great about this film is that it's like, we, we talk about it, it's very dense, it's very mm, juicy. It's also yeah. like, it's a quick watch. It's not even 90 minutes. It's like yeah. just under half an hour and a half. It's a quick watch. It It, te- it is a very efficient film. It, it knows how to tell its story. Get in and out. I'm very excited to see what the director does. I assume probably once she's given more like budget and like a larger, larger like things to work with. But it's it's very nice to see someone whose debut film understands like how to get in and get out and tell their story and kind of demonstrate their craft. Yeah, it's yeah, just good shit. I you know this is when eight twenty four is 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 doing is doing the work. Yeah, this is this is when they're really this is when they're 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 hitting home runs. This is when they're giving small or, or debut directors a chance to just fucking nail it in one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would rather have spent my streaming ticket price. On, um, oh shit. Um, I think I would have felt really good if I spent my ticket money on like a tithe. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I've been really lately. I've been having this kind of like newfound obsession for Catholic Catholic aesthetics. I watched the movie The Devils uh, recently, which, by the way. Uh, one of the choices on our uh, pat- Patreon poll for next month's Film Critters throws it back for our $5 and up patrons, mm-hmm. uh, which you can go vote on right now, I think, probably. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Catholic Catholic aesthetics are so sexy. Uh, I would I would probably rather have spent my ticket price on like some votive candles or like I don't know, maybe like some rosary shit to kind of hang on my wall. Um, I feel like the uh, the sort of uh, what do you call it? The like asceticism or like the um, the celibacy really creates this like undercurrent of horniness that comes through <laughs> in their like aesthetic choices and their art. Uh, that I really appreciate. It's it's that um, it's that repression thing. It's that repression and ecstasy through indirect pleasure, like a uh, Saint Saint, yeah, Saint yeah. Sebastian shit, Saint Sebastian type beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I I, w- I would rather spend my ticket price on that. That being that, uh, thank you guys for joining us for this double app. Uh, yeah, we haven't done it in a while. We've we've been doing a lot of movies that have uh quite a lot to talk about so this one was a was a fun yeah. little return to form yeah 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 um and we're chugging through a whole lot of other movies we've got probably another double episode coming soon that is going to be a lot more trashy trashy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and shitty um shitty shitty films but we're really really excited about it uh and um for our patreon stuff go go sub to our patreon if you if you haven't yet we have a separate uh series where we talk about films from bygone eras called film creators throws it back and people vote on a poll to determine what movie we talk about and for the month of february it was bound uh classic neo-noir from the wachowski sisters 
Yeah. Uh, with our friend Mia. Yeah. Who who guested on the episode, uh, creator, uh, co-creator of We Know the Devil Slash Heaven Will Be Mine, etc. Maker of comics. Uh, poster of takes. Maker of comics. <laughs> Les of beads. Drawer, <laughs> drawer of titties. Uh, and yeah, so so go check that out. And uh, next month, Mia will probably be on again because uh, our poll for March is Mia gets to pick the movie, and it's just a bunch of uh, obscure Criterion picks from her uh, from her watch list. So that's fun. Yeah. Um. So be excited. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm excited for that. Anything else, Jay? Uh, little known fact: we're streaming. Hey, oh shit! You should join our Discord because we put announcements for it in there. Uh, every time, every day that we're doing it, and also you can talk <laughs> about movies and stuff. Uh, yeah. But if you do want to just check Discord's out our streams great. and you hate Discord, reasonable. Uh, <laughs> on twitch.tv slash jbearhat. Pointing at I you. I am twitch. <laughs> <laughs> I am twitch.tv slash baru two r six o's. Don't fucking forget it, uh, Jay. What are you? What? What? Are you, what's your schedule? What are you playing? Um, so right now, I well, I'm finishing up uh, Bioshock Two. Probably, maybe by the time this episode comes out, maybe a little after. Um, and then I don't know what I'm playing next. A hundred percent, I am leaning towards Silent Hill: Shattered Memories. Oh hell yeah! Uh, doing a that classic. on Mondays. On Wednesdays, right now, I'm doing Alan Wake. And then I'm going to continue on with more Remedy Entertainment games. Uh, and then on mm-hmm. Saturdays, I've been doing short games. Uh, and not this <laughs> Saturday. At some Saturday. Maybe it'll be in the past by the time you listen to this. Maybe it'll be in the future. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing uh, Stranglehold, the John Woo game. Yeah, I I'm really excited for that. I have to. I have to. I also I also have to rewatch. Yeah, hard boiled. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, any excuse to rewatch Hard Boiled is a good excuse. Um, but yeah, uh, I am playing on uh, Tuesday nights. I play Hades. I am almost, I'm going to beat it. I'm going to beat it next week. Next week. Join me next. Join me next Tuesday, Febu- February uh, 23rd. I'm going to beat Hades. I'm going to beat him and I'm going to beat the game. Uh, and then on Fridays, I kind of just hang out with my friend Rizzo the Cat. Uh, we I do VTubing. I'm a little cartoon rabbit, and my friend, a cartoon cat, joins me, and I've been playing Yume Nikki, um, and, you know, figuring out other stuff to do. That's been really fun. I really like being a cartoon character uh, sometimes, and that's good, and that's great. So join us for that. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoyed these films in some way. Hope you enjoyed us talking about them and we'll see you sometime. Well, no, some Someday. Someday. We'll, someday we will be there. We'll roll around. I mean, like, you know, you got couch space, right? Yeah. Just, just keep your couch space open. Just like don't invite anybody. If you've got an empty room, keep it empty. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I, I'm, I'm adaptable. I can sleep on the floor. Just give me like a, a blanket or something. It's fine. Just, you know. It's fine. Uh, well, <laughs> my name's Baru. I'm Jay Barrett. Bye. Bye. <laughs>